Welcome to Shit 90s Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling and I'm here with my co-host Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing just splendidly, not having a breakdown at all, but that's a <laughs> different story for a different day. <laughs> Do you have a drink? Are you drinking right now? Today I am drinking a mango margarita um, mm. because it's that sort of a day and mm. we are thriving here at Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. Yes, I have a strawberry daiquiri. I feel like every week if we're drinking, which I think we have every episode, we just haven't mentioned it, that we should talk about what we're drinking because I think it's fun to start with new drinks and experiment. Yeah, we really just want you guys to be like our third friend here or if you're yes. watching with somebody else, our our third and fourth friend. So, um, <laughs> you know, just sit back, relax, get your tropical beverage because it seems like that's what we're drinking today and let's watch some boy meets world and have some ultimate 90s nostalgia yes yes it is definitely end of summer so i had to have a strawberry mar or sorry, strawberry margarita strawberry daiquiri because it's like it's almost fall like it's almost time to switch over to a different type of beverage yeah so, like almost like yes. a apple cider moment mm. yes yeah it's like Ooh, like um, what is it like a spiced, spiced hot toddy, toddy thing? Yeah. yeah, we have something in our liquor. Like I have like a corner hutch that we use as a liquor cabinet. I've had like some kind of hot toddy thing I got in like a like a Yankee Swap like two years ago that mm -hmm. I still haven't had. <laughs> well, I mean, betterly, <laughs> betterly than never. Yeah, I know it's almost time. It's almost time to break it out for the fall. So today's episode of Boy Meets World is season one, episode three, called Father Knows Less. Yes. And basically, we're we're kind of getting into the swing of things now, I think. Like, the characters are kind of finding themselves a little bit more. Um, and I actually, I think I liked the last episode a little bit better, but this one is definitely better than the pilot, I think. Not that we're necessarily ranking every episode, but that's kind of where I stand on this one. We might be ranking. That might be a I hobby. Mean, that I mean, I love ranking. <laughs> so anybody we, who knows me knows I love ranking. You're into astrology. Like, we both have some, like, Virgo tendencies. Mm, so mm -hmm. um, we would rank uh yeah podcasts so <laughs> i do think yeah i do think maybe that is something we could tack on the end is like or even like as far as like seasons right season. like we could always rank a full season yeah like why are you being so ambitious right now? <laughs> like the entire c uh, series we are going to rank all seven seasons i mean i wouldn't put it past you but, like, mm. I'm not that kind of bee. You know what well, I mean? Well, that that and, like, to be fair, when I rank things normally, I'm watching, like, I'm binging shows normally. And so it's very easy to be like, oh, I feel this way about season five, episode six over season one, episode two. Like, if we're watching one episode per week of Boy Meets World, which we have been, I have not, like, binged any of it. I'm taking mm -hmm. it at a steady pace. There's yeah. no way I'm going to be able to remember months from now how I felt about this episode. Yeah, you know? yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we are not starting in the lunchroom this time. No, for the first – although we are starting with food. But for the first time ever, we are starting in the Matthews kitchen. Yes. So we're just having like a little moment here, which is like – I don't know. 
These sandwiches are freaking disgusting. They made me literally want to barf. I hate them. They're bologna. They're craft singles. They're mustard on white bread. It is disgusting. And, uh, you know, they're stacked like 60 pieces of bologna high. It is not right. I mean, would you rather this or just have the candy bar um, from episode one? <laughs> So I actually have like a bit of a what probably is a hot take. I used to eat this particular Oscar Mayer bologna all the time when I was a kid. Like I specifically, I know, I specifically remember it. And the reason I remember it, so like we ate a lot of bologna when I was a kid just because it's very cheap lunch meat. Yeah, this is like a 90s kid meal actually. Yes, yeah. And so I ate a lot of bologna and then I think I was in – I want to say like high school when I started getting this bologna instead of like the actual deli bologna because not only was it like a bit lower calorie but also it I think it kept for longer than As like a 16 the deli. year old you should not be eating bologna probably not but I definitely did and actually I actually <laughs> so embarrassing I had a bologna sandwich I think less than two weeks ago <laughs> No, you're still buying bologna, Jessica. The funny thing is, is I don't normally, but I just like every once in a while I get in these moods where it's like almost like a nostalgic mood where I want to eat things that I ate as a kid. And I was putting in like a grocery order and I saw bologna and I was like, ooh, you know what? I could go for some. So I did. I got bologna. Oh my and God. I do eat it with mustard, although I prefer, <laughs> I prefer spicy brown to yellow. Okay. But I do, I do like yellow mustard, but I usually have spicy brown. <laughs> So my only take, hot take um, of lunches, bagged lunches, because they're mm. putting this in a bagged paper bag lunch, is if you're a parent, do not torment your kid by sending them to school with a tuna sandwich. <laughs> As a little young child, my mom like totally missed the mark that this is not appropriate or okay. And I think that that started a lot of my troubles in elementary school was my bag tuna lunch. Don't do it. That was the reason you like kicked that girl in the head was because you had a bag tuna lunch. Um, yeah, like I was definitely being bullied about the bag tuna lunch. Don't do it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, give that little disclaimer to any, anybody. If you're a parent, or even if you're like, if you're a, a person going to work and you're like, hey, guys, I have a great idea. I'm going to bring my bag tuna lunch to the office. Not that we're going to offices. Like, what? what, what is this, 2019? <laughs> but <laughs> if you are a person in the future deciding to bring tuna in a bagged lunch, don't do it. You can go to the deli during lunch hour and pick that up and then eat it outside. Okay. This is getting so off the rails. So wait. Okay, so I have a question. Is your issue the fact that it like gets warm over time or is is your issue like the smell of tuna in general? It's the smell of tuna when it's not in a refrigerator. Okay. For four hours before lunch hour. 
See, the thing with it, though, is that, like, now, and, like, even, obviously, we all did, like, bagged lunches for a while, but now they have those, like, ice packs. So, like, if you no, throw an ice then pack your, in. I, then your lunch bag and your ice pack smells like tuna. How, this is, this really? is you that you've never, ever, ever been forced to eat tuna fish for lunch as a child because you're too is, um, busy eating the bologna. <laughs> no, I ate a lot of tuna. No. But I don't know that I ever brought it. That's the thing. I ate a lot of tuna, but I don't know that I brought it to lunch with me or if I had it like at home. I feel like I'm I brought it with me. remember it and don't put it in your locker. Oh god no. Never. <laughs> that you'll never get that smell out. Never. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, so basically they're making these giant bologna sandwiches, although I am against craft singles in general because they're disgustingly processed cheese. Like ugh. Um yeah. And then they decide that it's not heavy enough yet. So they get, oh, chips. So (laughs) Alan grabs like a big, I think it was like sour cream and onion. I think it was a green bag. That's what I assume. And he just dumps them straight into the bag. No baggie at all. And Corey grabs chocolate chips. Genius. He's like an innovator. That is Mm -hmm. genius. And um, so then like Mom Matthews is like, I I still don't know her name. No, we still don't know her name. Ashley? That's not her name, but they haven't said it yet. Okay. So Ashley says that <laughs> that she wants them – I don't know. They say that it's like this is like a man's meal and they want – she wants them to be living men. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She says something about um, manly food versus momly food. Um, and I would say momly food is um, giving your – daughter tuna sandwiches for lunch (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's funny because she gives them like each a red delicious apple and i'm like really like if you wanted them to actually eat the apple can you give them something that's actually good not a nasty red delicious (gasps) thank you my boyfriend buys red delicious apples all the freaking time and i tell him this is disgusting do not buy that like why do you want that and he's like oh it's good and and then i and then he gets granny smith i'm like no not granny smith what golden delicious yes yes golden delicious or if you're feeling bougie honey crisp those are the only two answers yes (laughs) yes okay (laughs) we are triggered today yes we are we're coming in hot today we're coming in hot (laughs) two seconds in and we have all the we have all the lunch take (laughs) we are food specialists we are maybe we're just being major nozzles Oh my, I had that in my notes. Like, was that ever a phrase that anybody used? I do not remember that. I don't think so. But I think that it's something that I'm going to incorporate in my vocabulary. Mm. Major nozzles. And like who? So basically, Corey says that last time they were eating one of Mom Matthew's sandwiches, that they were being laughed at by truckers. I know. I think the only thing truckers. It only makes sense if, like, you think about the fact that she, like, cut the crusts off their sandwich. Like, if they were just eating a normal-sized sandwich, no one's going to make fun of them. People would make fun of them for having so much freaking bologna on their sandwich like they did. Yeah, like, in a comic amount. So, yes. no. So, they're they're preparing lunch because they're about to go see the Navy Blue Angels, which um, I believe is just, like, a bunch of, like, little fighter fly- um fighter planes that do tricks i would assume. i think so i think so that sounded right to me 
Yeah, I've never been to one of those, but I'm pretty sure one of my friends like does goes to that because they're like part of like a nice army family. So mm. they like that's something that they would do. Okay. I mean like, it sounds decently cool. Oh yeah. Morgan wants to go, but Corey forgot that he was being like a nice older brother. <laughs> Just like he did not learn his lesson at all. About I love the way he talks to her. Like he did it in the last episode. He's like, oh, you do, do you? I do. <laughs> that is such a Ben savageism. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if like you rem- like going forward, he just has like that certain like vernacular and the way yeah. he says stuff. Yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. He does that. And there's one later that we'll talk about as well. That kind of is added to like the, like, like the minkus one, like people, people, like it definitely is on that list. Yeah. 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 The, like the future fide. Yes. Yeah. We're not there yet. This Mm -hmm. is a a future. We're spoilers of catchphrases. Uh oh. Spoilers. Uh oh. (laughs) They're going to come for us. They'll come for us. It's fine. You know. Um, so we got a doorbell and oh my yes. god oh my gosh oh my gosh so heather morris is still in the picture he i like, did not believe this i know so he like eric definitely like redeemed himself in that little movie date the second date like he mm-hmm. totally fixed it she he mentioned her last episode too i don't remember in what capacity but she was mentioned and oh my god jessica what happened this is t he, he gave her a hickey a hickey oh my god on I her it. neck i can't believe it that is like a little scandalous it is especially because he's talking about it right in his living room and his right? mom's walking <laughs> yes. by and she like walks by and she just like freezes and she's like no like, yeah uh, <laughs> what and then he's like okay i sucked a neck mm-hmm. yeah it was funny like i couldn't imagine talking about this in front of my parents and like in the middle of the living room no like and really eric like hickeys on the neck like if you're gonna give somebody a hickey just give them someone somewhere else so that you, it's not seen you know um it's a little hard to remember that in the heat of the moment truthfully i guess so but I mean, fifteen in hickeys. I guess that's normal. I don't know if I got my first hickey until seventeen. I was just gonna say I, st- I definitely was older than fifteen, but still, good for him. I mean, <laughs> or bad for him. You're right. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Whoops. So, um, I was shocked when Mom Matthews opens up the door. Mm-hmm. Because this. Who came to the door is uh, his name in the show is Leonard Spinelli, but Leonard Spinelli, if for all of our Sex and the City fans, is none other than Stanford Blatch from Sex. Yeah, and the I City. was dying, like I was dying, especially because like he's such a different person in in this one episode, mm-hmm. like. He's obviously, like, he's very, like, anxious. Like, he expects that no one knows who he is. No one remembers him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like, Stanford is, like, oh, I just love Stanford. Like, he's, like, gossip queen. Yeah, like, Sex there's City. nothing to not love about Stanford. Mm-hmm. So I was tickled. I was, like, I, for- I totally forgot that he's in this. And I think he's in this for um, 
a few episodes. I don't think this mm-hmm. is the only appearance of him. And I just love him. And it's like, he just, he doesn't look like that much younger from the Stanford that we see in Sex and mm-hmm. the City. Um, I think it's probably overlaps within five years of one another, I'm guessing. I don't really yeah. remember. Um, I know that. Yeah, I know Sex and the City was on in the 90s, so that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, he does look a little bit, like, younger, younger. but not that much younger. Still doesn't really. have hair. Yeah, still has no hair. Still but he's hair. he's Lenny. He's Lenny. He's the assistant manager at the, at the grocery store, as he tells everybody multiple times. Yeah, and he, like, makes these little, like, introdu- uh, introductions, and everybody's, mm-hmm. like, it's like a bit. It's like, yeah, Lenny, like, we know. Yeah, we know you, Lenny. We've met you. You're very memorable. You've been to dinner so many times. Yeah. And he has this, like, very distinct accent because he goes – basically, he goes into the kitchen to tell um, Alan that there's a problem at the store. And he's, oh, the horror. Oh. (laughs) Uh, He's very stressed. I don't know if – I don't know if this is the right role for Lenny. I was just going to say, how did he get this job? (laughs) Who makes the hiring at this grocery store? And it's Alan, the, it's just the he's just the manager. He's not, like, the owner of the grocery store. Like, do you no. think that this is, like, your local, like, shop, right? Or do you think this is, like, your local, like, bodega? I think it's more like a bodega just because, like, they wouldn't be coming to the manager's house, right? Like, there's other managers if you had, like, a shop, right, or a price shopper or, like, wherever your local chain mm-hmm. grocery store is, they should have other managers that are there. I mean, I don't think things were that different back in the 90s. Yeah. So I would say that it's probably like a mom and pop type of grocery store. But he's not the owner. He's just a manager. Right. Yeah. He's okay. just a manager. But still, I guess he must be like the only manager because. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. The issue is that um, that they have a long shelf above, like, the produce bins that carried um, a lot of Perrier. Is this, like, a Perrier sponsorship? This was so funny to me because I was like, holy crap, we just did, for those who haven't listened, Wombat Water podcast, we just did a podcast about seltzer. And then I watched this episode, which talks about Perrier. Yeah, plug that podcast, girl. Yes, so at Wombat Water uh, on Twitter, uh, like, subscribe. It's a really fun podcast. Uh, We had um, Gabby Pascuzzi, if you're a Survivor fan, and we talked all about seltzer. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Is it considered a sponsorship if they don't, like, show something? I don't know. Can you – I guess – well, let's just say that Perrier – sponsored this video uh this this show and this is like one of their biggest sponsors as well as apple yeah (laughs) yeah okay we should running running list of sponsorships yeah because if it was just seltzer they would have just said seltzer right like they they specifically or sparkling water yeah and not only that but they say oh the perrier basically fell like the shelf crashed and it rolled and it like busted into the aisle that apparently is filled with only Alka-Seltzer. 10,000 packages of Alka-Seltzer. So is this aisle six only Alka-Seltzer? That's what, that's what it sounded practical. like. No, but like what my, came to my mind is like mixing like Perrier and Alka-Seltzer reminds me of like that like Mentos Diet Coke thing. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's like this is the OG Mentos yeah. Diet Coke, which I've never tried before. I think I did it once. It's, like, fine, but it's kind of a waste of Diet Coke, to be honest. <laughs> As, like, a 
Diet Coke connoisseur, please don't waste your Diet Coke. There you go. (laughs) So Mr. Conklin is still fizzing. I think that was the produce manager. Oh, yes. So I See, think, but then why is he coming to Allen if, like, there's already a manager there? I, I don't know. I need to see the ranks. Like, you know how grocery stores always have, like, the pictures of, like, all the managers and the mm. sub-managers on the wall? Yeah. I need to see this to get a better understanding. Yeah. Yeah, of what the situation is. Of what yeah, the situation why he is. To, yeah. So basically, he needs Alan to come down to the grocery store and help out, which means Alan has to bail on Corey. Which sucks. Because yeah, he's really excited. Yeah. yeah, and Corey's really upset about it, understandably so. Um, but like, and this is a joke which, I mean, I think it's worth it, worth noticing and pointing out jokes that certainly would not be on television today just because we're in a different time now. We've evolved. And Corey makes a joke of like, oh, um, I'm going to go take ballet lessons because I'm not getting enough time with my father, basically insinuating that like he's not going to be a man, which yeah. like men can do ballet, women can do ballet. Yeah. If you want to do ballet, you do ballet. You do ballet. And Prince George um, took ballet. There you so go. He's going to be a king. There you go. So, um, <laughs> but like why can't like the mom bring Corey to the plane show? I had the same question, right? Because Eric is self-sufficient. He's like 15. He could watch Bobby- Morgan. And Morgan wanted to come too anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know why. Yeah. He I don't know gone. why she can't. Yeah. I agree. It just seems like this is like the thing that like he does with his dad, right? Like maybe this is an annual trip or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they just seem pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So obviously Alan has to go and then Alan comes into the bedroom later. Um, Corey's sleeping and he wakes him up and he's, I don't know baseball, but something about a no hitter and like it's on West Coast time. So it's late. Phillies versus Dodgers. And I just want to know, is this still like the playoffs games? Um, So because last time there was a playoff game. So is this still a playoff game or is this like, do we have our first like baby plot hole? Honestly, I have no idea because I don't know baseball. So I really have no clue. I know that there was a game and they were going to watch it on TV. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a no hitter. They were all really excited. He brought them downstairs or Alan brought Corey downstairs. Eric was too busy. He did get invited, which is very nice. Yeah. Well, Um, the funny thing is this is where we get our next like Corey-ism, I I believe at least. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he does say, what are you, new here? Like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that that is a Corey-ism. It's very cute. Yeah, so we have our first instance of what are you, new here? And you're right. Yeah, Alan tries to wake up Eric too, but Eric apparently is like naked taking a math test. (laughs) Same. Have you ever had like dreams where you were naked in school? No, I no. The closest I've gotten to like school dreams, which I it's the weirdest thing, and I've heard that people get this a lot, is I'm in college and I haven't shown up to a class all semester. And it's like the and the like final is um, I need to take a final or I need to drop a class um by this a, a time. It's like I never had to do this while I was in yeah. college. Like I luckily was the type of person that like almost never dropped a class at all. Um, because I went to art school and it was pretty easy. No, I'm just joking. 
Um, because I don't know, because you just couldn't drop classes because in, um, design school, you have to go into a particular order or sequence. So if Mm -hmm. you don't take one class, you can't move forward. So you really can't drop classes or else you fall an entire semester behind. But, um, I have this dream like all the time and even still, and it's just the weirdest thing. Yeah, I had, um, I didn't really have any, to my memory, I didn't really have many bad dreams while I was in college, but mine, I used to have this like reoccurring nightmare. Usually it was always the night before a test, like a big test in school. And I always dreamt that like, I had to take the test, but like, I didn't have a pen. And I remember like waking up like looking for a pen. Why are you take so a test. stressed about a pen? I, I don't know. And then I'd also, yeah, so I had that. And then I also, every time, like the night before a big test, I would grind my teeth while I slept. <gasps> like I don't do it much now, but I definitely did it as a kid because of stress. Oh, no. And so I'd wake up and like my jaw would be like really sore. And I think my dentist even mentioned it. Oh once, no. Yeah. yeah. Big time stress. Um, so they go down and watch the base, uh, the baseball, I was almost a basketball game, the baseball <laughs> game. And, um, they're making like another freaking gross ass sandwich with like probably more bologna and more chips. And they both have like sodas and Corey's a, a Pepsi fan, which is pretty much a crime. Yeah. I was going to say another sponsor, Pepsi Cola this time. Like, geez. Right sponsors. And Alan's drinking some sort of like uh, grape soda, it seems. Now, did you ever put chips on sandwiches as a kid? I don't think I did. I don't really like crunchy things. <gasps> no, I always did. That was like a thing. Like we usually, actually it was usually on tuna sandwiches. So you had like a tuna sandwich and then you had like a plain like wavy lay or something and you would put that on and it would be nice and crunchy. I love crunchy things. Crunchier the better. No, I I, I don't, I like my food separate. Oh, you're one of those people. You're one of those people that like like the child's plate that like separates the food out for you. I okay, so like um I know somebody that like if their food touches, it's like gone and mm. it's like they can't do like they can't even like eat it. I'm not like mm-hmm. that extreme, but I like having like my sandwich separated and I like having my chips separated. And I take um I eat things in like little bites all the time. I don't like I never like just like go all in on like a sandwich. I always like go in with little bites. Like little like I either like I don't know. I'm very particular that way. Do you like I know my I think my brother is this way. Like he eats one side dish at a time right so if he had like a sandwich yes. and chips and something else he eats all the chips first then he eats yes. the entire sandwich really that yeah. drives me crazy like I like a meal to be like all together because usually like if you're following a recipe or something like that stuff is meant to be together so it's kind of nice to have a bite of everything no I, I don't think I do that or I go in like some nice like order where it's like sandwich chips drink sandwich chips drink like okay particular in that way yeah I'm not I'm not so much about the little bites but I am someone who like I like to like like rip my food and eat it oh no I do that too yeah Yeah. like chicken wings like I don't eat chicken wings like straight from the bone I like to like peel off pieces and eat them because I can't I'm like it's a weird it's a weird thing for me but I can't stand with like my mouth gets like messy like 
if you're eating like a buffalo wing, you're going to get like the sauce all over your face unless Ugh. you pick off pieces, you know? Yeah. I hear you. I'm the same way. So, so, um, so much food talk. I mean, I think, I think everyone will agree with it. We're fine. We're fine. All right. So they're watching the game and Corey's like, they have such a cute moment like where his dad's like, oh, don't tell your mom about this. You know, this is just for us. And Corey's like, oh, mom's not in on this. Like, and I just wanted to ask you, have you ever, did you ever had that situation where you had like the parents like, don't tell your parents. Oh, well, okay. The other one about this. Yeah. Well, like all the time, but I definitely had TV moments as well where my dad was like, don't tell mom we're watching this. Like, namely, like Ren and Stimpy or like uh-huh. Butthead or then eventually even South Park. Like yeah. he always watched that stuff with me and he was like, my mom hated it. So it was always like, don't tell mom. How about you? I can't really, I mean, I can't think of like specific examples. If I had to guess, it would probably be very similar where like my dad was like, don't tell mom about this. Mm-hmm. But like, no, beyond, beyond that, I can't think of anything. Uh, offhand yeah I think it is cute and like they you get the like Corey's like oh thanks for waking me up dad this is way better than like the planes oh my god that was so cute and you get the like oh music in the background yeah the audience Mm -hmm. um yeah that was so cute that was such and he just like looks up to um Ben Savage does a really good job like you almost believe that this is like a father-son moment because Mm -hmm. he like looks up and watches Alan and it's just like so sweet and it seems so genuine and like his dad is like his world and it's just like so cute and this is a special moment um between them and I really love it yeah it definitely is like it's not overdone right it's not to me it feels different than shows like full house where it's like a bit much and maybe we'll get there right Mm -hmm. but this does seem like if nothing else like Corey is very in touch with his emotions and he's like not necessarily afraid to express them Mm -hmm. you know what I mean whereas I feel like some kids are like not like that at all what this show did that was really good was that they showed it they showed the connection versus yeah. they told the connection versus it's like instead of saying like hey dad like I really like love you and like I really look up to you and you're like my star or like you know and like I mean they do get into this like a little bit like later in the episode but it's the acting this one particular scene where he's just like looking up with his dad to his dad with such admiration that mm-hmm like really like went right to the like emotional aspect of it for me. Um, Yeah. I, I, there are some really sweet and special moments in this episode that um, I really liked a lot. And do you think it's weird? Cause thinking about it, right. The pilot, like not much in the way of like father son stuff, but the last episode we just talked about with the fence, mm-hmm. like that was very much like a, oh, my dad is a superhero type of yeah. thing. And now we're getting this one where, again, like Corey's dad, he looks up to his dad. And I just am like wondering, are we going to get to the point where like his mom is included a little bit more or like I mean, we're still early on in the show. And like it just is um, it's curious that they're focusing so much on like. Corey and his dad very specifically versus like where's Eric where's Morgan you know what I mean right yeah I mean once again guys shocker we are not 11 year old boys 
So we cannot, I can't like say this for certain, but I guess as a young boy, I mean, I don't know. There's like plenty of like mom boys, like boys that love their mothers, but I guess Mm -hmm. there's just like something really special about a father son bond, especially at this age. It's pretty pivotal. I mean, it's right before um, preteenhood and teenhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, it is it is pretty pretty special. That, and I like also think aunt. this knowing that this takes place in the '90s as well. It is very much that like, oh, I'm gonna go throw a ball around with my dad type of time where you do have the like um what is it called what's the word i'm thinking of like the typical family usually typical family where it's a husband a wife and then two or three kids right Mm -hmm. um you're not it's it's before blended families are really shown on television as much um so yeah i guess it is pretty typical in that way not to say not to take anything away from it it's just curious to me that now this is the second episode we're getting in a row where it's very focused on Corey's relationship with his father versus his mom i mean even obviously feeney is is a a big player in this as well um but to have two episodes in a row that focus heavily on Corey's relationship with his father is a curious choice so early in the Mm -hmm. show's history yeah yeah i think so but we'll see. I mean, um, I think that it's also because Corey doesn't have like a true like steady crop of friends yet. And um, as like a little teaser, the next episode is pretty exciting. And I'm really excited for it because we bring in another uh, heavy hitter in mm. the world universe. And I, I think that once that comes in i think that it shifts to um other things besides the relationship between dad and Corey. yeah it is just a little strange but that's fine um we can move on um we we end up in class the next day and minkus of course has a paper origami bird because why wouldn't he <laughs> yeah i mean that was like such talent such talent and it moves it has motion um, so they just finished up a test, and if you look in the background, it says history exam. So Feeney once again mentions being a math teacher, an English teacher, and now he's teaching history. And I know you said that's normal for elementary school, but it's just a lot for one person to absorb at the same time. Well, that and we're in a different classroom. So wait, so then he moves his classrooms per class? I don't think so. I I personally think, right, because let me think about this. The episode two that we watched, they weren't in classrooms, right? They were only ever in the cafeteria in this school. So I think that what happened was they did the pilot in that, that one classroom. But from here on out, I believe at least this season, they're going to be in that classroom. Because that is what I think of when I think of like the Feeney classroom. Obviously, mm-hmm. when they get into high school and they're changing classes and they have like Mr. Turner and blah, 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 they'll be in different classrooms. But I believe yeah. this is going to be the classroom we see from now on. Okay. Because I just like, I just think that would be so funny. Just the thought of like Mr. Feeney being their teacher for every single <laughs> 
subject, but they have yeah. to switch classrooms for every single subject, and then Feeny just like follows them to the next classroom. In my narrative, that's what's happening right here. Yeah, I'm gonna own that. I'm gonna say that's what's happening. So they they had a, a history test, and of course, Minkus finishes so early he has time to make a paper origami bird. And, Which I think is um, a little disruptive, but whatever. Ugh, it's fine. He, I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's just doing Minkus. Um, and of course, then you have the exchange between um, between Sean and Minkus, a suck up future plumber. Future, <laughs> I mean, plumbers make a lot of money. So for Sean being a plumber, like good for him because he's going to be able to take care of himself and his family and probably have a right. House. So good for him. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with being a plumber because they make bank. Yeah, exactly. Um, So this is where we see that Corey has fallen asleep in class. Passed out. Yeah. In a coma. (laughs) Um, And he's like, how did I do? And it's like, well, Corey, you answered like one question out of 40. Like, how do you think that you did? Right. He got an F. He got an F. Um, And what starts with F? Or what word starts with F? Fajita. <laughs> and uh, si, senor. Oh, my I, God. I love that little exchange. Yeah. I thought that was so cute. That was fun. Have you ever fallen asleep in class before? Oh, yeah. I, like, snoozed in class all the time. <gasps> really? Wait, oh, yeah. In like, in, like, high school? Like, when? Uh, all, all of the above. Oh my gosh, that's insane to me. I don't think I ever did. I remember specifically though. Not like this, like not like head on the, yeah, not full on passed out, but yeah, of course I did. Oh my gosh. I don't know how, like, did you have large classrooms? How did you get away with that? No, I don't know. I I think that the, um, I don't know. People didn't pay attention. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, like. Um, there was in high school, there was a kid who I think he had like narcolepsy or something, if I'm being honest, but I had a math class and he used to fall asleep in it. And the teacher was actually, I believe his football coach. And whenever this kid would fall asleep, the teacher would take a textbook and slam it on the desk that was next to him. Yeah. That's a common occurrence. Oh my God. I've seen that before too. Didn't happen to me though. (laughs) <laughs> but I've seen that happen before. And then college, yeah, college too. When I wasn't playing The Sims in college, oh my god, during lectures, I was absolutely asleep. I or do online I, shopping. I was gonna say I do think I fell asleep maybe in one or two lectures in college, but they were only ever in like the large, like six hundred, three hundred room. You had a class students. with three hundred to six hundred people. Yeah, so I went to um, SUNY Albany, for anybody who doesn't know. It is a pretty large state school in New York. And the some of the lecture halls could – I think they could hold – I want to say 600, but maybe I'm exaggerating. It might be just be 300. Holy crap. Yeah, but it was like you would have – those were all of your very – like. Um, first or second year classes so they're very much like general education so it would be like I remember I had a class called oceans where we literally learned about oceans and it was the easiest <laughs> class ever so yeah stuff like that where like you'd go and sit in like a lecture hall with like 300 other people like no the teacher's not paying attention and you know I don't know I don't think I really did fall asleep that much though Ah, uh, you know I'm that those classes were like geology mm. 
They yeah. weren't my studio classes. When you were in studio, you had to actually do work. So, um, oh my God, I'm such like, see, I, I guess I was a bad boy. It's just like bad I boy mean, Corey. It sounds, it sounds like, it sounds like I was the Corey and you were the Sean. <laughs> what a turn of events. Who would have guessed it? Who would have guessed? <laughs> so Corey's like such like an, like kind of like an idiot. And he admitted that the reason why he fell asleep in class was because he was up playing the, like the baseball game. It's like, or watching the baseball game. It's like, dude, like, why are you not lying? Like, yeah. be a minkus and claim that you're watching the um, Nobel Prize announcements. Yeah, which seriously, minkus? Seriously, minkus. Oh, absolutely. He was absolutely watching the Nobel Prize announcements. A hundred percent. I believe that. Ugh. Oh, I do too. But it's just like, he's so annoying about it. He gets better as time goes on. But like, he is such an overt suck up that it's a oh, bit yeah. much. He's a teacher's pet. Mm-hmm. He tells Sean to fix the sink. Fix the sink. <laughs> so, Which is actually very handy because I is. had to get my sink fixed recently. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't have to pay anybody if you had Sean around. Yeah. If Sean was around, then I would have been fine. So, right. So Corey admits that he, that was the reason he fell asleep and Mr. Feeney's like, that's no excuse. So then we, we cut to, um, Alan coming home from work and hey, babe. And he's saying it to Morgan and his wife. Oh, so cute. So cute. Um, and, um, Corey comes downstairs and he's like, dad, we messed up. Uh, and he basically outs Alan in front of Corey's mom that he woke him up in the, you know, late at night to stay up late and watch a baseball game. He has no freaking chill. Once again, he's the major tattler and I still hate major tattlers. It sucks. Just keep a secret, dude. So he gets like Alan in major trouble with um, mm-hmm. Bob Matthews. I loved that line where he's like, can she ground you? And he's like, in certain ways, yes. Oh my God, that was so <laughs> good. So this is the thing, guys. It's like, this is why Boy Meets World is better than your typical 90s shows because there's stuff for the kids, but it's really like, there's a lot of stuff for the adults. Mm-hmm. There is a yeah. ton of good little nuggets if you just keep watching, keep listening, which it makes it like really entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like innuendos that, that do oh, come yeah. up along the way. I love innuendos. Um, so, so, uh, Corey's mom is not happy. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, you better go talk to Mr. Feeney right now. Which is like, I don't know, like, own the. I, I mean, we'll talk about, maybe we'll have a little debate of like who's right and who's yeah. wrong. But I just, like, I feel like if Feeney wasn't right next door, there would be no way uh, that I could ever justify as a non-mother going (laughs) to your teacher, your kid's teacher, and being like, my kid fell asleep in class, which is A, highly disrespectful and, like, not appropriate, and B, like, please let him take the test again, like, it's like, how would that ever fly in the real world? See, I disagree with you if this took place now. Because now I could see a parent calling and oh, being yeah. like, oh, hey, I don't even know how they communicate nowadays. Maybe they could text the teacher, to be no, honest. But email. yes, but either way, like I could easily see a parent calling and being like, oh, you know, can he please get a makeup test? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, not appropriate. No, I think back in the day, like, if this – this wouldn't have been me because 
if let's say this is my brother because that would be more likely if that had happened and my brother failed the test i feel like my parents would not have called because they would have said well it's it's obviously like the dad's fault for keeping him up but it's also the kid's fault for like not staying awake mm. like this is a hot take but maybe if i was in this position I would have my child write a letter to the teacher explaining what happened and asking maybe politely or in a well thought out letter why they would like to retake the test Mm -hmm. because then you're putting ownership and responsibility back on the kid. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. I do think that's probably the the right move in this instance. I do agree. I think that the situation is a little bit different just because they're neighbors. And so they can very easily just yeah, walk over amazing. and have that. Yeah. As we know, like these people just like have no boundaries at any yes. point in time. So right, basically Alan walks over and they, they get into a disagreement and basically Alan takes ownership, says, listen, it's my fault. I woke him up. Like I felt bad because we had to miss something else and I wanted to spend time with him. And, and Feeney's basically stands his ground and says like, listen, I have students that I need to, to take care of and I'm responsible for their learning and, and their knowledge. And if they, you know, if I'm not a good teacher to them, then I have to take ownership over that. This argument gets so tense, Mm -hmm. so fast. I mean, it was already tense when Corey was right there, but when Alan asked Corey to like leave the argument, Alan goes so low and it is like, it is like tense. Like it is so like, Ooh, he's like, basically, he's like, you know what? If you had a son, you would understand, but you don't have a son. So I know you understand like, screw you, Alan. Like, you like, you don't know Feeney that well to understand like why he's doesn't have like the traditional family setup that you and Ashley have together. (laughs) It's like none of your freaking business why Feeney doesn't have a son. And like to say to like that, I just felt like it was so disrespectful and like so like uncalled for. I mean, it sucks. Like Feeney's like the F stands and that's that. But it's, I mean, he's right. If he excuses this instance, then he has no other, you know, he has no uh, like ground to stand on to not excuse uh, all the other parents when they want to take a retest. And you know, if Minkus ever got an A minus and he needed that <laughs> A, you know, his parents would go right to him and make him retake the test for an A. Right. I agree. I think it's a bit of a tough situation to say something like, well, if you had a son because you don't know Feeney's background, right? Like, does he want kids? I I don't think that's been – I doubt that that's ever a conversation that they've had together. And I do think this is like – it's a touchy subject, right? Because nowadays it's a lot more common for people to like – well, I shouldn't say it's a lot more common, but it's it's more acceptable to not want to have kids to begin with than it used to be. And now I do think it's a bit more frowned upon to ask somebody, oh, when are you going to have kids? Or are you going to have kids yet? It's like you don't know what they're going through behind the scenes, right? Right. So we don't know what what Feeney's been through. And it was a bit of a low blow. And I do think that, like, it's obvious that Alan's very frustrated in this moment because, I mean, he's under a lot of pressure. He, like he said, like, in between his job and fixing things at home and what do you say putting insulation in the attic or something and like he's trying to find time to spend with his kid and the time that he finds to spend with his kid happens to be super late at night yeah. um i mean yeah i i don't know that there is like a right 
answer here, which I like how the show highlights that because I'd argue that like, and I know nothing about baseball as we've talked about before, but as a non-sports watcher, I imagine like a no hitter is pretty uncommon. Oh yeah. 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 So like if you want to wake your kid up once in a blue moon to watch something as momentous as that, that he's really going to like, like um Feeney gets into later, like Corey's going to look back on that night really fondly. Yeah. Does it, does it, does one test really matter in the grand scheme? Probably not. No. Um, so, and he got fiend. That's the thing. He got fiend. So Alan goes back in the house and is talking to mom Matthews about it. And he's like, Feeny's a butt. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call your, uh, don't call your teacher a butt. Like good teachers are a rare commodity in this world. And Feeny is a great teacher. And he is, he is. But at the end of the day, Feeny is a butt. Yeah. And the funny thing about this scene is then, so um, Alan's like setting the table and he's like, oh, I know what you're going to say. And she's like, forks go on the right. And I'm (laughs) thinking like, do forks go on the right? Or no, she said forks go on the left. And I do think they go on the right. They go on, they, they go on the right. Yeah. But she said they go on the left, right? (laughs) I don't know. She didn't take etiquette class. No, obviously not. So she, she basically, she understands. She's like, you know, I get why you want to spend so much time with Corey, which my question is. If he's, like, so dedicated to spending time with Corey, what about Eric and Morgan? <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing throughout this. It's like, you always hear that middle child uh, children don't get any of the attention. But yeah. it's so clear to me that Corey, like, gets, like, all of the attention. And, like, Morgan's, like, whatever. And Eric is, like, whatever. So, I mean, I think that you need to spread your wealth yeah, Alan, a little bit more. To be fair, Eric's probably at the age where he doesn't really want to be hanging out with his dad so much. But no, Morgan does, I'm with, sure. Yeah, yeah. She, he's too busy with Heather. Yeah. So um, Alan basically says to Corey, like, listen, Feeney was right. I was wrong. Like, I shouldn't have kept you up so late. Um, And then he has to, like, rush off back to the store again. because Yeah, Lenny came back because... So this time, what happened was that um, that the lighter fluid was too close to the rotisserie chicken, and there's a, a a fire. I don't know. I I think that either Lenny needs like additional training, or I think that they need to relook at their hires and figure <laughs> out like how they got here. Well, what are these people doing putting lighter fluid near, like, rotisserie chickens in the first place, right? Yeah. I I mean, nobody's very, you know, responsible here. Nobody really is, like, a problem solver. I think that Alan needs to just re-look at his staffing and maybe make some adjustments. Maybe (laughs) some, like, more reliable people. And it's like, Lenny... Like, Lenny probably does have the capabilities to do better and be better and, like, try to, like, take care of this himself. I mean, he is the assistant manager. That's what assistant managers are for. But, no, he has to come and he needs assistance. And a fire is something that will get um, 
get Alan to go. And they, it stinks because once again, Corey and um, his dad were supposed to go hit some tennis balls. So he has to ditch Corey again, which is very unfortunate. Right. But Corey's a little bit more understanding this time. Um, so, so Alan goes off and then this is when Corey and Feeney kind of have their, their heart to heart. Um, Feeney <laughs> offers to Corey a drink and it turns out to be apple juice, which yeah. I don't understand why Feeney is putting apple juice in a decanter, but that's <laughs> fine. I know, but like he has like a really nice bar cart and bar carts are very popular decor these days. And I feel like this would really nicely work in a modern home. But, like, then again, like, he drags out his nice bar cart that I think that he said his, like, sister got him or his, like, aunt. And he, like, brings it outside and then brings it back inside. It doesn't seem practical. No, Maybe and it's, I just feel like it's all a setup for, like, Corey, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Which is, once again, like, weirdly creepy. Like, mm-hmm. you're, like, luring him with the apple juice. Exactly. Um. I have questions, but he says, you know, take a seat, have a drink. Um, And Feeney is outside because he's reminiscing about his childhood and that um, this is so interesting, this whole scene, because um, Feeney is reminiscing about his childhood and that um, we'll set the stage. It's World War II. Truman is in office. Um, they, uh, he's talking about how he used to ask his mom why they can only have butter on their bread twice a week. And she used to say because of the war in Europe, she asks, he asks why, um, like why, like, you know, if he can have sneakers and the sneakers were not made of rubber, they're made of like some other substance that left like black streaks everywhere. And it's because the war in Europe. And Feeney says, like, my one wish was that, like, you know, that the war in Europe would end so that um, I could have all these, like, more material or more, I'm going to say luxurious. It's not luxury Mm -hmm. to have butter on bread. It's that's how sad it was in that in the state of the times that Mm -hmm. they were only able to afford to have butter on bread twice a week. Um, But you know, in his, when he was a boy, hard to imagine um, <laughs> that, um, that that was the type of restrictions because of World War II. Right. And so basically they kind of, they're talking about um, Feeney knowing that President Truman was going to go on the radio that night and uh, Feeney as a kid wanted to stay up and listen to him. But his dad said no. And Corey's like, oh, it was because your dad was like a great guy and he followed the rules. And Feeney's like, no, my dad just like didn't want me around with his like drinking buddies. So um, basically Feeney is like, well, you know, I realize that it's important that you spend time, that a boy spends time with his father. Um, So it turns out that like, you know, Alan says that Feeney was right to Corey, and Feeney says that Alan was right to Corey. <laughs> yeah, which is very confusing for a kid. Um, but I think that this is so – it's so sad because, you know, 
this is kind of just a lesson of when people act out in a certain way and you can't really understand why because the way that they come off is just like they're being an asshole or mm-hmm. that they're being unreasonable or whatever reason how you perceive them. But people are so multifaceted. There's so many layers right. to them. And if there is a adverse reaction that you can't possibly understand or you can't see a reason why there's oftentimes a reason why um or this was so deeply personal to him and i i don't think that feeney probably would have like let him retake the test uh under a certain circumstance but it certainly explains why this conversation got so tense and then it also Alan saying like, "Well, you're not a father." I'm sure it was just like a really big um, kick in the stomach. Is that the expression? <laughs> kick in the pants? Isn't it kick in the pants? Uh, I don't know. It was just like a punch to the gut. Yes. I would say. Yeah, um, and it's. I think this is this right here is the heart of the show, right? Like, I think yes, episodes one and two were really, really good, but like. This conversation between Feeney and Corey and the relationship that grows between Feeney and Corey, this is the heart of the show because it kind of the lesson learned in this episode, you know, the the shit that this show taught us is basically that, you know, sometimes two adults can have two different ways about of thinking about something and they both can be right. They don't, it doesn't have to be yeah. one person's right, one person's wrong. Yeah. There's it, a lot of gray. Yeah. It depends on the perspective you're coming from. And like, I do think both of them are right, right? Like if, if Alan's waking up Corey every single night to stay up late and watch baseball, that's not good. But, you know, sometimes doing breaking the rules just once, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, I don't have this exact sort of memory, but I do remember, um, for example, um, actually, I, so in fifth grade um, or something like that, I did – my dad used to work for the Yankees and I did um, – go down to spring training a lot and Mm -hmm. I had to like bring homework down there and it was just like a whole big like to do but I did miss like two weeks of school when we were doing this but my dad was at spring training for the entire spring training so it was basically like a month or two that I didn't see my father so even though like I wasn't getting my full like education I was missing out two weeks of school those memories of me going down to Tampa really were some of like my greater memories because Mm -hmm. it was a time because my dad traveled with the Yankees. So starting from spring training in March on to October, I didn't see my dad that often. So the times that I did see them were that much more special. So I did like, there is a value in education, but at the end of the day, it's the relationships. It's like you're not going to remember those. I have no clue what those two weeks of school that I missed out was. But I remember like going on the trip to Tampa and like going to Disney World one of those days and staying at the suite that he had and all that stuff. And that's those memories, especially because I my father's not with me anymore, mm-hmm. is a lot more important than whatever like nonsense that I learned in the fifth grade right exactly and that's I I specifically remember growing up in like I think more around like middle or high school was when I remember it like I'd have friends where 
their families would like go on vacations and the way that their vacations were scheduled, like they would miss a few days of school as a result from like coming back late or whatever. Then I'd be so jealous because I remember asking my mom every once in a while, I would ask her like, can we just like not go to work or school today and go do something fun? And she never let me like, she always scheduled all my dentist appointments, like around school, scheduled everything around school. So I would never miss any school, which is like good and practical. And she of course had to work. Like it's not exactly like she could just take random days off yeah. but like it was one of those things where I was always so heartbroken because I was like oh everybody else's moms let them do this like and probably not everybody else's mom but like it, it always like felt that. yeah it always felt like oh but I don't get to do anything fun which I did plenty of fun things and I probably catastrophized it back then mm-hmm. but like I always just felt like yeah I wish I could blow off school just for one day right like I'm a good student one day wouldn't have killed me um so I do I do think there is a there's a fine line um if it's once in a while it's fine yeah and and then I also at the flip of the coin like I I absolutely do see the fact that you know Feeney has to take a stand and he is Mm -hmm. a really great teacher and you know you you can't you can't like bend the rules for just one person because then you have to bend the rules for all of your students, even right. if they're your next door neighbor. Right. So, um, so they kind of, you know, they patch things up and then it's Corey, uh, Corey's laying in bed and his mom comes in and they have this kind of heart to heart where kind of where she says what I said, where it's like, you know, two adults can think different ways, but they both can be right. And then, then Alan comes in and Corey's like, oh, are we going to go watch the game? And he's like, no, we're not going to go watch the game. I'll tell you about it in the morning. Um, yeah. So he's not grounded anymore. No. And that was so funny. Like, I'm pretty sure Corey's – and it was like, kind of gross to think about, like, him saying this about his parents. But he's like, <laughs> oh, he's not coming back or oh my god, like that. <laughs> that was another scandalous moment. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I actually did really – like this aspect like this maybe this last quarter or the episode mm-hmm. um specifically this innuendo no i'm just joking um <laughs> especially about alan especially about alan um so i just i think this was like the first time i started to get like a little bit emotional um because it's just like the thought of um just the thought that like feeny like you know he wanted to be with his dad. His dad didn't want to be with him. Like mm-hmm. he probably would have been an amazing father, but for whatever reason that didn't happen for him. Um. So, and it's just like, it's, I just can empathize with like what he's going through in this moment. And that, you know, he says that, you know, one, like your education can't be threatened by one moment, but the memories with your father is the thing that's going to like live on forever. Right. And like I said, as a person that doesn't have um, her father anymore, I I felt like that really like um, that really resonated with me personally. And I don't know, like if anybody else kind of felt the same way specifically in that way, Um, because you do have to like, hold on to those like really good memories that you have when you're missing a parent or a sibling or a significant other or any type of thing like that. Right. I do. I agree with you. I think that is kind of like, and I think this, while I like loved the 
episode, like the the second episode, a lot. I do think this episode has like the strongest message and probably the best message of of all. I think three. it taught me a lot. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of so. Um, so that's kind of that's the the end of that episode. Um, and I think unless you have anything else to say, we're ready to get into our fashion hour. Fashion hour. Um, I so there was like some a couple of cute looks. Um, in this, this, uh, in this episode. So if you guys don't remember from last episode, we have two categories. We have what's the most nineties and what is most likely to be worn today. So there was like a couple of cute looks in this episode. Um, I don't think anything was like overtly like over the top nineties, but I am going to say for, we have, um, Three candidates. So number one is Ashley Matthews. Uh, and <laughs> specifically, once again, she kind of has like a uniform of her, um, you know, her plaid with her high-waisted jeans and like her like feathered hair. So it's like kind of the same look that we've seen. It's very 90s. The hipsters may or may not wear it, but I think that it's like pretty 90s. Uh, so that's option number one. And this was uh, the opening scene, right? The opening scene. Yes. Okay. I remember it. Option number two for the most 90s is Alan's creamsicle realness <laughs> overshirt. <laughs> it was what so hideous. In the world? I hate it. I hate I it. Too. Burn it. Like the color. Like decide on either orange or like salmon. Like stop. It was creamsicle. Ugh, it was ugly. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, Alan, Ooh. let me do you a favor. Just take off the overshirt. Just the white t-shirt. That's all you need, Alan. That's all you need. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> so, and then I guess number three, we're going to put in um, Leonard Spinelli's like cardigan with his skinny tie and his maroon pants so do you i mean i i mean i don't people could wear that these days but i don't see it happening very often especially not if you're like an assistant manager at a grocery store i just don't think that's the outfit that you would (laughs) probably be sporting yeah um see my thing is like with with alan okay because i i actually love mom matthews's outfit i do agree it is fairly 90s um, I do think though, Alan's creamsicle shirt is both hideous and oversized and those two <laughs> factors alone make it extremely nineties. Yeah. Ugh, gross. I don't even want to think about it. It's I like know. after last week when we just thirsted over him the entire time, Ugh, I, I feel know. like this went down like three pegs, like bring back the skinny jeans, bring it back, bring it back. I know. And honestly, like like I said, just take off the creepsicle shirt and then he has a white tee on and then he looks so much and better. And he looks perfect. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I would say Alan, Alan gets the trophy for most 90s outfit of the week. Yeah. And this is in the opening scene as well. Yeah, it, it carries over. And it's probably going to be in the next episode as a paint outfit. So oh, it's going to get degraded, I'm sure. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, so most likely to be worn today... I am going to say um, Mrs. Matthews' pink cardigan. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is like granny chic, but also like <laughs> sorority girl at like formal chapter. Um, okay. Because you have to be conservative. 
You can't like, you know, dress too scandalous. So um, I, I, and it's like a good Easter shirt. So, yeah. And I think this is when uh, Corey comes home from school and like tells his dad about the whole situation with falling asleep. That's when we see this outfit. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then I am going to say Eric's um, when he's like talking about the hickey. I think like a Drew, my boyfriend Drew has this plaid like shirt that is it's like very like just a standard plaid shirt with like a green t-shirt and like some sort of jeans and actually yes my boyfriend wears this outfit like all the time not white (laughs) like it's a very light wash and then actually hold on hold on he tucks in this like shirt tuck take pull out the tuck and then you're like there like this is like an everyday outfit (laughs) like the tuck actually put it over the edge but my most important, most likely outfit to be worn today is Feeny's nightcap robe. Um, I think that this can be worn if you're having like your honeymoon. I think this can be worn if you just want to have like a like spicy night just between you and your significant other. I think that this can be worn uh, for Halloween as Hugh Hefner. I think that it is very, very, very multifaceted, very, um, it could be anything. It's an everything robe. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think like so far, Eric definitely has the most, like the fashion where I wouldn't necessarily know when it was taking place if I just saw the clothing he was wearing. But yeah. like, I agree. I feel like Feeney's robe is definitely like, um, it's timeless. You could wear timeless. it. Timeless. Yeah. That's the word. It's the oh. timeless award. That's yeah. I love that's it. it. And then can we throw out Corey's freaking Phillies jersey? Ugh. I am over it. Yeah. Over I'm it. not into sports, so I'm good with throwing out anything sports related. I'm just like, he wears it every episode, and I wish that he would just go back to the purple. <laughs> yeah, and he was wearing an ugly polo shirt, too, in this episode, which I, I'm not on board with polo shirts. Corey but. needs, like, a revamp in the wardrobe department. He does. He really does. He's the star. Yeah, but... Do you know, um, we still don't know Sean's name. Oh, we still know his freaking mom's name, and we've seen his mom more than, like, most other characters. <laughs> I'm I, I I know I, I how see. hard is it for the dad to walk in and say hey blank how was yeah. your day yeah it's not right but no. I guess like I guess she doesn't need a name right now I mean maybe we'll learn it next episode we're on mom watch we are on mom watch I will know her name very soon yes oh should we come up with um we didn't do hashtags the first two episodes. Do we do hashtags? Should we do a hashtag for this episode? What would it be if we had one? Um, hashtag. <laughs> yes, it has to be because we were so upset about the baloney. Hashtag. I was. Oh, what be- about what about hashtag baloney or no? Because I like yes. baloney, but you don't. Do tell us baloney or no? Yes, hashtag baloney or no? And this. Yeah, and don't forget that like bologna is kind of spelled bologna, bologna, bologna. <laughs> very important for your bolognas. <laughs> um, um, but on on that note, um, I think that's a uh, that's everything we have. We're actually 
we've released our first episode at this point now that we're recording this episode and we're on all podcast apps which is awesome so exciting i am so excited i know um, um so yeah and please send us an email or tweet us or you know comment on Instagram, any feedback or comments that you may have. So far, the only feedback we've gotten was from my mother. Um, (laughs) Should I read this text message? Please do. Please do. This is from season one, episode one. Season one, episode one. Number one, I didn't even think my mom would want to listen to my podcast, our podcast, um, let alone like, I just like didn't think that she would be very like hands on. I mean, maybe she just wants to listen to me. Maybe. She's a huge <laughs> Jessica Sterling fan, actually. Actually. Um, so she says, she wrote, loved the podcast. So funny. FYI, William Daniels, so that's Mr. Feeney, was born in Brooklyn, New York, and is also known for his role as Dr. Mark Craig on St. Elsewhere. I can. Uh, so that's one thing. So he's not British and he's not old timey, even though I was convinced he had an accent. He's actually from Brooklyn, New York. Your mom which- coming in with the facts. Coming in with the facts, but she's from Brooklyn, so like she must have been like, "This is our moment." Like this <laughs> is like Brooklyn forever. Um, and then she wrote, Ugh, "I can totally believe that little incident on the playground. You used to beat up all of your sitters' kids when you were four. Again, great job. <laughs> Can't wait for episode two. That is so funny. Um, I don't remember me beating up anybody, so I can't speak for that. I can say that I am a very even-mannered young lady. Mm -hmm. So So that's our only feedback. So please, guys. So my mother, like, doesn't continuously bash (laughs) me and reveal all of my childhood (laughs) secrets. Like, please write in so that I could, like, read those instead of this. And you can email us at shit90spod at gmail.com. Yes, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at shit90spod as well. Um, now that we're on iTunes, you can uh, rate us five stars. You can leave us a comment. We'll read those. That would be really fun and awesome to get that. Yes, um, that would be so cool. Yes, the more feedback, the better. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're just getting started here, so obviously the higher we can get in the charts, the better. Um, and I think that's all we have until we come back with season one, episode four next week. Um, we release on Thursdays and we generally record on Mondays. So if you have any feedback, make sure you get it in um, by Monday the latest. Yes, yes. And I am so excited for next episode. It's going to be a good one. First, um, first appearance of Miss Topanga. Oh, I cannot wait. Stay tuned, guys. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.